0: What's up everybody welcome back into Letterman Row and welcome to an off-season report a special edition of the off-season report we have a special guest from on three the national network uh, that Letterman Row resides in Jesse Simonton from the national side of things Jesse how's it going man thanks for thanks for stopping by the Letterman Row studio absolutely Spencer thanks for having me. So, Jesse, you did this cool thing, uh, cool for some people, maybe not cool for you in your Twitter mentions, but uh, you went ahead and ranked the top 10 position groups uh, at each position uh, in the country, around the country. So, you know, whether that's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, obviously heavily represented in this, Um, you know, some schools surprise Get get up in the rankings. Some schools, surprisingly, not in the rankings. How difficult was it uh, to go through this process and and rank each school uh, on their position groups?
1: Uh, it. I mean, it's certainly difficult. It's a fun exercise. This is you know the, coming out of the spring. I think this is a good time to kind of recalibrate where some of these rosters are. It makes it more difficult with the transfer portal and so much movement, obviously. Uh, because you're like, man, this guy was there. Oh no, now he's you know, he's at Florida now. He's not even at Michigan anymore. So uh, but it's a fun exercise. Some positions I think are a little trickier than other. Obviously, this is also completely subjective. And you know, we put that, I put that out there up front. These are my opinions, my rankings. Kind of I evaluate both kind of what a team or unit has done in the past, a la 2022. And then kind of projecting forward how I think either they're going to improve, regress, um, or stagnate, you know, stay the same. And so um, we can dive into, you know, Ohio State, obviously, like you said, heavily featured on a bunch of these things. Notably not on one or two that, you know, maybe uh, had some folks at Letterman Row a a little mad at me. Uh, But otherwise, I, I think obviously the Buckeyes have one of the best rosters in college football, that's not a surprise. I think they are maybe a little bit stronger in some areas than others. Um, and I, you know, it surprised even some Ohio State fans, frankly, I think that they thought, oh, but maybe our safety rooms a little bit better than than I thought. You know, at least from a national perspective, I think when you compare them to to kind of some of the other safety rooms in the country, maybe Ohio State's not doing so bad there. So, yeah, plenty to discuss.
0: So we'll save the safety talk and we get to the defensive side. But I wanted to get your opinion and pick your brain first on the quarterbacks. Obviously, uh, the most important position on the field, Ohio State, not in the top five. I think you just did five there. Uh, and then was it five and then the additional five or was it all ten put together? Uh, I clicked on the national story. It said it showed the top five and then the I guess the best of the rest there. Uh, Ohio State, on the outside looking in of that, uh, what went into the decision – uh, to, to maybe keep the Buckeyes out of the, the top 10 there? So full transparency there.
1: I was planning on doing top 10 for everything except for quarterbacks, and my editors kind of – I don't want to say screwed me, but they, 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 <laughs> they slapped a headline on there for something that I hadn't done. So I had only done the top five. So Ohio State arguably should have been in that best of the rest category. I, I am in agreement there you can make the case. Certainly their room is just as green at really as UCLA's and, you know, some of these other rooms that you're banking on upside and projection. Um, I don't think, and I still stand by this, I don't think even with two five stars, two guys that have great talent, um, I don't think they are, I would not rank Ohio State's quarterback room entering 2023 as a top 5 group. Um I just think the five that I listed frankly just there's more certainty there. Obviously Ryan Day's track record, you know, is uh impeccable with what he's done uh with both Fields and Stroud. I I I'm I certainly am a strong believer that what it probably is going to be Cal McCord, but whether it's Cal McCord or Devin Brown, one of those two guys is going to put up, you know, umpteen numbers uh this fall because they're surrounded by so much talent, which, uh, you know, I think is proven out in, in some of the other rankings I did. Um, but I, I I was again, I did a top five there. I don't think Ohio State's in the top five. They do deserve to be probably in that best of the rest. They you know, there's an upside of that group just as high as Dante Moore, you know, at, at UCLA. Um, Miko and Joe Milton, Tennessee. Um, I probably w- would remove Ole Miss from that best of the rest and, and probably slide uh Ohio State in there, you know, towards the bottom
0: of that top 10. So now that we've amended that, uh there you go uh, you Go there. Uh I have a question for you regarding the running backs. And we're gonna stick with the offense here for just a little bit. But I mean, there's not much to say about this Ohio State offense. It's it's pretty loaded. We might get into a little bit of offensive line talk, uh, but the running backs, you've got Trevian Henderson, Mayan Williams, uh, Chip Trainum, even Dallin Hayden had a couple hundred yard games last year. Uh, and checks in at number four behind Michigan, I believe behind Penn State. Was there a a real discussion there in your brain, or whoever you're trying to pick the brain of to get these rankings perfectly right for where you like them? Uh, you know, Ohio State versus Penn State. You've got two running backs who had freshman years last year for Penn State that were good. You've got Ohio State running backs who are you know, three or four of them that were pretty good but could probably be better. Was was that a discussion that you had to have with yourself, Ohio State versus Penn State? I'm not going to argue Ohio State-Michigan. I think Michigan's room right now with Corham and Edwards, obviously, uh, both returning, that's, that's a strong unit. I, I I don't have any qualms about that, and if Ohio State proves me wrong and and is better than Michigan in the running back department this year, I'll say that I was proven wrong, and I think you'd be willing to as well. But But that Ohio State versus Penn State argument, I think is a really good one to have, and I think you could go either way on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I did, I, I, I pulled different, you know, personnel folks uh, in our company. I, I definitely looked heavy into the kind of the, the advanced metrics and whatnot. To me, the push comes to shove is Ohio state's guys benefited a year ago from running behind a, a much better offensive line. Now that's not taking away from their talent. I think Mayan is very good. Obviously Travion was beat up all last season, but what he did as a freshman was super impressive. I know Dallin Hayden. I know Dallin Hayden's dad. You know, I was a former beat writer uh, at Tennessee before I kind of worked my way up into the national thing. So I know Aaron Hayden. I mean, that's a a great family there. But so conversely, Nick Singleton and and, and Allen did not run behind a great offensive line at Penn State a year ago. I think they're going to be much better this fall. Um, but that was a group that they they created a lot of yards after contact. They did a lot of work. You know, as an offensive success rate as a running team, Penn State was not very good, even though they did have these two guys that were dynamic. And so, I think individual talent wise, I think Nick Singleton um, it, it probably would I would rank him number one among these two rooms. And that's a little bit gypsy. I don't know what I'm going to get from Travion. Travion might be number one. If I'm getting exactly what I got from him as a freshman, fully healthy, fully bought in, you know, com- completely committed, I just right now as I sit here post spring, I can't say that. And again, that's that, that's why this is a projection type deal, you know, complemented with with what we know that the information that we have. So very close. Again, I yeah, I like Michigan's room the best just because of the the kind of the one two punch that Quorum and Edwards give you. Um, and you know, I had slight nod Penn State over Ohio State there, so
0: I think the tight end room was very well ranked. I think Ohio State's tight end room was right where it should be. I think I believe it was number seven, right? Very good, uh, ranking
1: stacked there. group this year, stacked group. I, I, like in the top 10, there's just a lot of really good tight ends, and oh, I mean, like Utah barely missed out, and you can certainly make the case because they're getting a kid back that's going to be, I mean, that it's a really deep, deep uh, group of tight ends in the country this year.
0: Yeah. And, and so that, you know, that's why I, I'm not going to argue about with you about tight ends at all. I think that was a very good ranking there. I, I don't envy you for trying to stack those rooms against each other. You've even got some schools like Ole Miss in there who you wouldn't think have a good tight end room, but all of a sudden they've got guys, they've got dudes and, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Texas with a good tight end room, obviously Georgia, I mean, we don't even have to get into that. Michigan is going to be there, but I, I wanted to ask you, and we can kind of gloss over this one too, was there an easier decision on your entire rankings, every position group than to have Ohio State number one at wide receiver? I think it was that that had to be one of the easiest decisions uh, that you could make, right? That was the that was
1: the easiest one. I think number two would probably be uh just because of their sheer depth of talent, Georgia edge defensive line. I know we're going to talk about that that specific ranking here at some point because of where Ohio state kind of came slotted in. But I think Georgia was kind of an unequivocal number one at defensive line edge in Ohio state. Yeah. I mean that when, it, when you have the best player, it obviously makes it it easy considering that Marvin Harrison's the, the best, I think the best individual talent, not named, you know, Caleb Williams or Drake may in the country. But then when you have, you know, Abeku and Carnell Tate and, you know, Fleming's back. I mean, it's just, it's 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 a just rit- embarrassment of riches in that room that the Brian Hartline has, and and that's why you know I think Ohio State's offense is going to be so good again this fall.
0: Was it was it weird to make these rankings and, and put Ohio State in the offensive categories pretty easily and, and slot them there and then get to the offensive line and 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 not have them there? I mean, you're replacing the center, you're replacing both tackles, a lot of questions there. Maybe an All-American candidate at guard and Donovan Jackson, Matt Jones, a 60-year guy, but they just don't have the returning guys at those Cadillac positions, those two outside tackles, your fence posts. Uh, Was it it odd to make the rankings and and say, well, I don't have Ohio State, but then think, well, I probably shouldn't have Ohio State in the top 10 because they haven't really proven it to me yet.
1: Yeah, and I watched the spring game. I mean, I watched, you know, Kyle, you know, he was under he was under duress. And, you know, it was obviously you know, I read you guys. I, you know, I certainly I wasn't just ranking these things on the fly. I certainly Absolutely. aimed to do as much research as I could. And so I knew the concerns were there. Obviously, Ohio State's dipped into the transfer portal uh, to ideally, you know, maybe um, you know, fix some of these, assuage some of these tackle concerns, but it is a question mark. And when you compare Ohio State's offensive line to that of the guys that Michigan's brought in, the guys that Georgia returned, I think Notre Dame's group is going to be very good. Um, You know, there's there's some really good offensive lines in the country this year. And so Ohio State just, you know, with the uncertainty there, despite all the other surrounding pieces, didn't, you know, just didn't quite make the cut.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I had said on Letterman-Rowe's verdict on this is that it's a fair assessment Can when you take into account what Ohio State lost in the offensive line. It was completely fair, and, and I think it's almost a reality check here that Ohio State, you know, should have a really good offense, but there are some major questions at those tackles, and, you know, uh, I hope that our Letterman-Rowe subscribers and viewers know, you know, just how much effort went into making these rankings now that we've gotten to talk to you a little bit about it. The offensive side, Ohio State was always going to be there on the offensive side. It's just – it's what they do. Uh, but I, I think we're gonna save the defensive line the edge for last because I think it's gonna be a fun discussion between you and I. Okay, yeah, let's do it. So let's go to let's go to that safety group that you had talked about. I personally believe this is right in that sweet spot for Ohio State. When you look at Lathan Ransom returns, Cameron Martinez returns could be good. We've seen mixed results from him. Uh, you know, there, there's some different guys in there that have been good but not great. You talk about the potential of this group with Sonny Styles, with Jihad Carter, with Josh Proctor coming back for a sixth year and being a leader. Uh, I think number seven is the perfect spot for them. Uh, you know, Maybe what you think of this group uh, as you did your research.
1: Yeah, I, well, so safety is kind of interesting to me because I actually think that um, it's a little top-heavy in terms of a lot – like there's not many teams that have two safeties or even like Ohio State where, all right, is Sonny – what what role is he gonna play? Former five star, they're gonna find him some sort of situational role on defense. He's too good to keep off the field at all times. He may not be a starter, but he'll have a role. And then, like you said, Carter and some of these other guys, Proctor's back for a sixth year. You know, when you're looking across the entire landscape of the country, there's just not a lot of teams that have Ohio State's optionality at that position. And that's kind of how I would put it. Jim Knowles is gonna have some flexibility where some days Martinez fits better you know at this spot or versus that you know play him at the nickel or or what have you or then you got uh like you said ransoms back and so I I just think that they have some depth there that other schools don't and that's why um you know that's why they kind of got slotted where they did
0: I'm a little surprised to see Ohio State's cornerbacks in the top 10 uh you know maybe that's lack of of proven talent across the country this year I thought was a really good. Uh, draft year for corners. My Steelers picked up Joey Porter Jr. I was happy about that. Uh, we can talk about that some other time. But, you know, there was a good cornerback class that went to the NFL. Does that have to do a little bit with Ohio State being number eight at cornerback? And, you know, this unit seems to just have, like, we just have a safety, a lot of potential there. Jordan Hancock could be good. He's a former top 100 player from, from the South. You expect that him to translate. Davison Igbenosan played a lot at Ole Miss. You've seen him, and now you see him in the Ohio State secondary. Denzel Burke is he going to be back to his freshman year form or is he going to play like he did as a sophomore and, and struggle a little bit? So, you know, I I think that this, you know, I said it uh, verbatim for, for now, eighth best seems to be a good landing spot uh, in your rankings. And uh, I guess I'll tip my hat to you for, for where you have the Buckeyes corner slotted.
1: Yeah. And that's another one that I think um, there's just, there's questions there. You're right. But I think the upside, you know, if, if a couple of guys hit, they could be one of the better secondaries, obviously not only in the big 10, although there was some quibbling about the the fact that I had them below Iowa or, you know, what, like, you know, not necessarily from you, but from from some other folks. But I think people just discount, you know, kind of the production versus, you know, the names. Yeah, Ohio State's got some top 100 guys in that room that if they hit, I think they can be really good. Um, But, you know, Iowa has kind of done it on a year-to-year basis. So I thought, you know, just outside the top five, Um, with what they're bringing back you know Burke you know he's a guy that he's in some of these er, er, way too early top 24 mock drafts I think that's perhaps a little ambitious but he does have first round potential um, if he can as you said kind of get back to his ways uh, of how he played as a freshman in
0: 21. Move to linebackers and we're inching so much closer to this edge (laughs) We've been itching to, to talk about uh linebacker in number seven, Ohio state check in a few spots behind a couple other big 10 powers, Michigan, Penn state, uh, both, both take up uh, spots ahead of Ohio state, uh, which Clemson, I, I believe is the top linebacker unit in the country. I completely agree. Uh, I don't know if there's much research that needed to be done there. I, I really like Barry Carter and Jeremiah Trotter. Those guys are, are really, really good. And then Georgia, you're not going to argue with that. Penn state and Michigan, there's there's arguments to be made, but I think you're, you got it there. The North Carolina one was interesting to me, but Ohio State checks in at number seven. Uh, what do you like about Tommy Eikenberg and Steel Chambers uh, that you put them in the top seven? And what maybe do they need to show you to crack that top five?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a group that they're naturally that, you know, they, they're productive. I mean, Eikenberg obviously filled up the stat sheet. Um, I think you would like to see Chambers be a little more consistent. You know he he flashes at times, and then there's other times he kind of I think gets swallowed up and maybe disappears um, more than than Knowles would like. Obviously, there was some gap issues uh, at times in the run game for Ohio State. They were obviously able to shore that up um, big time down the stretch. But after Michigan, you know, ran rough shot through them. But I, I just. I think it's a solid group. And I think that's kind of how it is. It's a solid group. This is probably one of the more, this position in particular, probably one of the more interesting ones to rank because, you know, all these defenses are a little bit different. Some of these schemes are out here running these, you know, three, two, sixes. Some of these guys are running the three, three, five stacks, Ohio state. And a lot of these guys are running four, two fives, you know? And so all these these linebacking cores are all a little bit differently. That's why I took the edge out of it. These are just interior. We're just talking, you know, the guys that are really just playing the mic and the will. Um, and so Ohio State's got a solid group. It's not, I don't think, an overly deep group. You know, behind these two guys yet. I think that there's a little bit of uncertainty uh, in terms of well, if one of those guys goes down, do we, do you know? Do we have a, a next standout star? waiting in the wings. We'll see. You obviously would know much better about kind of the, the how the growth of some of those younger guys have done uh, this spring, but solid group. The potential is certainly there.
0: Let's talk about the defensive line and the edges, Jesse, because, okay, so I'm going to set the scene a little bit. Uh, I was a little You can harsh. read the whole top 10. I was a little harsh uh, to begin. I kind of clarified in the story. I said, this isn't Letterman Rose opinion. Criminally low for the Buckeyes defensive line. I will defend the take, but I will also listen because I want to be very uh, civil about this. So Georgia, number one, very easy, no arguments at all. I thought I think it's a credit to what Ohio State did in that Peach Bowl in keeping CJ Stroud clean. That that Georgia it shows now when you look back on it. Georgia was very good on the defensive line, and they will be again. Michael Williams is going to be a star. Uh, the Michigan one we can talk about. Illinois we can talk about uh penn state alabama then lsu then iowa florida state clemson and ohio state florida state with jared verse i get it in the top 10 depth i am a little concerned about compared to ohio state and with the edges and the tackles combined clemson i think is a in my opinion and again i want i really want to pick your brain about this but you know uh you know, Clemson, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Ohio State where it, there's some name recognition, but but I guess what have you done for me lately? Uh, but the Buckeyes check in at number 10. What, what went into the decision that, that puts Ohio State at number 10 maybe instead of up there with, I guess, the Penn States and the LSUs and the Illinois? All right. Here, here's 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 how here's how
1: I broke down this this group. And this is and I, I have had this conversation with you're the first person I've had it on camera with, but I've had a discussion on some radio shows and some other stuff about some of these things. This is a classic example of what do we think about a team or a unit and what do we know about a team or a unit. I think Ohio State's probably gonna be better than the 10th best defensive line. In 2023, but as we sit down today, as we record this right now, you could argue that that was even a nice ranking because of how that unit actually played on the field last season. You mentioned Illinois, Iowa, some of these other teams that you know I have you know I have them behind. Illinois got two mammoth defensive tackles that had all sorts of production. They way outperformed what JT and Jack Sawyer did. Now, those two guys are five-star recruits, so I think you're right, could be first-round draft picks in 2024. I would say, other than the Penn State game, really didn't see that from those two guys on a consistent basis last season. Mike Hall's really good. I think he also could be a first-round draft pick. He was outperformed by some of the guys at Clemson, at Michigan, um and so on the whole i think it's a it's a great group i just think you know you read off the stats penn state they produce they were they you know way better at tackles for loss and sacks ohio state was fifth or sixth off the top of my head i think in rush defense um so they have named cachet and i think you're right there probably is three maybe four i think what what's the the redshirt freshman kenyatta it's going to be awesome um you know but let let's see it for let's see it. I, I think that's kind of where I landed. I like them, but let's
0: see it. Now how much how much do you take into account when you do this? And I'm sure you do. You know this is this has been great already, uh, and we're going to get a, into a little bit more of it even because we got to talk Ohio State versus Michigan. That's what we do here. Uh, but <laughs> w- when you look at Mike Hall and the way that he performed. In the Notre Dame game with a couple sacks, the way that he played seven snaps against Michigan State and had four sacks, and one of them didn't count because of a penalty. Like he was hurt a lot of the year. Did you did you, did you take injury and things like that into account? I see Mason Smith from LSU on, on your on your lineup there. You we know he's going to be good, but he celebrates a sack against Florida State and tears his ACL and then he's out. So how much do you take these injuries and things like that into into consideration when trying to do this, knowing that hey these guys might be better when they're fully healthy this year 100% and
1: i and and i did and that's why i i i didn't i was not penalizing mike hall in terms of the top 10 versus i think some of the he and jack sawyer are very different let i'll say that he like the the lack of production from from sawyer versus hill just not being available because he was so banged up I I think are a little bit apples to oranges. You brought up Mason Smith. That's a perfect example. I think LSU and Ohio state are very similar in this regard and that their defenses and defensive line edge units in particular that underperformed a little bit compared to their overall talent last season. But again, that upside word, that potential word, they're there that if Harold Perkins and, you know, some of these guys at LSU continued to make the ascent or if JT jack some of their younger players grow at ohio state they can absolutely be a top five you know defensive line edge unit in the country much less top 10
0: yeah i like i like this this is good uh i i think it's interesting that harold perkins obviously catches a lot of headlines he was really good in pass rush last year at times teams decided to run right at him and you saw what struggle the- he, he really struggled. And, you know, uh, there are times last year where I said that when Tyler Williams was on the field team should have ran at him because he struggled against the run, despite being as big as, as he is, you know, Jack Sawyer played a stand-up almost linebacker role last year in the, the Leo position for Jim Knowles and the switch to, you know, a, a defensive end could be good for him. You know, there's just so much potential around the country and what guys could be. Uh, but, but I guess I, I understand it more now. We've, we've got uh, Ohio State at number 10 and, and maybe that's where they should be. Maybe, you could make the argument that they're higher. I will probably continue to do so, but I, I have more of an appreciation for this ranking now, Jesse. Thank, thank you for, for that uh, explanation on the edges.
1: I And I will say this too, you know, talking about Ohio State versus Michigan. I think Ohio State probably individually has more star potential, star talent, but the collectiveness that that, 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 that defensive line at Michigan plays for Jesse Mentor you know, has produced better defenses. And that's why, again, when you're, when you're kind of, all right, where does one rank versus the other versus the other in the big 10 or or even on a national uh, level? I think that's why, you know, I had Michigan slotted so highly because they bring back Chris Jenkins. They got the mammoth interior dudes and then they go out. Okay. We lose Mozzie Smith off the edge. Let's go get Josiah Stewart. You know, who's been really productive um, at coastal Carolina the last few seasons. So, that it what these rankings also show is that specifically uh defensively the, the Ohio State Penn State Michigan um and Iowa I, I don't think you can discount Iowa are all going to be in in a dog fight for who's going to be the best defense in the big 10 this fall
0: I think Iowa's going to be out of that offensive discussion though
1: They'll, they're gonna be yeah they're on the they they're, it's it's the the race for 25 you know that's that that's what they're in for right
0: now. This isn't an Iowa show though. We're here to talk about Ohio State. And that means we're also here to talk about Michigan. So I'm gonna put you on the spot now. Uh okay rankings. Uh there's a lot of Michigan. A lot of Michigan. There's a lot of Ohio State. Who whose roster are you taking right now? I'm I would still take
1: uh Ohio State's roster. But I would take Michigan's coaching staff. Okay.
0: Okay. So so the the edge goes to Michigan almost in a lot of these position rankings because you kind of know what you're going to get here. Is that is that is that a good assessment here? Because, you know, you know what you're going to get with these running backs. You're not sure what you're going to get with Travion. You know what you're going to get from J.J. McCarthy. Not sure what you're going to get from the quarterbacks. You know what you're getting from this Michigan defensive line and cornerback room. You're a little bit banking on the potential at Ohio State. Like, the rankings seem to show that Michigan is ahead in a lot of these regards. but But is that because you kind of know what you're seeing from them? And you're 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 using a lot of potential for Ohio State, or how does that go into these rankings? Because you take Ohio State's roster, but a lot of position groups show Michigan.
1: Yeah, well, I will, but, right, but I will say Michigan. I did I I did not have JJ McCarthy in the top ten quarterbacks. So if you if you consider that both a a, a negation or push there, Michigan's receiver room was not listed. Yeah. Um, and, and so the, I think there are certainly. Some some obvious areas at minimum uh, that Ohio State has the leg up on. I just think it is, and it has been proven on the field the last two seasons that at Michigan's core, the offensive and defensive lines right now they're better than Ohio State as a unit. They function better. Again, they may not have the individual star power of Ohio State's uh, front guys, but they they have performed at a cohesive as a cohesive group better than ohio states and so that's where i kind of you know tip the scales in that area one through 85 i'm still going to take the buckeyes because i think you know uh, i think there's more look they're projected to get like five first round picks in the in the you know the 2024 nfl draft in some of these mocks and so you, you see the ceiling that the potential that some of these guys have so one through 85 i would take i would still take the buckeyes but when I'm breaking down some individual groups, I just think some of them shake out where, where the Wolverines have the advantage.
0: This might drive Ohio State fans even more crazy, Ben, uh, that you say that, because that's the thing is everyone. I don't know if there's a person other than Jim Harbaugh, maybe Jack Harbaugh, that would take Michigan's roster over Ohio State. But you say it best collectively, uh, you would take them right now over Ohio State, despite knowing that the everyone knows the roster's better, but the collective – for some reason, the last two years just hasn't been. And so that might drive Ohio State fans even more crazy knowing they have a better roster and still not being able to do it right now. Uh, but that's the fun part of this, just because we get six more months to break down Ohio State versus Michigan. And then after that, we can do it for 12 months again. And then the cycle repeats itself.
1: That's what we do here. in but, uh, Yeah, well, I, you may be you may be having a different discussion if 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 they doesn't figure out how to beat them this fall. So.
0: Are you going to do coaching staff rankings? If not, that's okay. I just want to know so I can prepare the Ohio State masses, uh, you know, not to be asking for your address uh, if, if you do. Well, here's a teaser. I don't know if I'm going to do
1: coaching staff rankings, but I am going to do an all – I'm going to do, um, you know, every, every – or late in the summer, these, you know, um, all Big Ten teams come out, you know, all SEC teams, all, like, all the all-conference all the all teams come out. Well, I'm going to do. I have in the in the plan in the books a fun exercise where I'm going to do an all conference coaching staff team. So basically, putting together what I think is the best coaching staff, um, and that could be, you know, obviously, I think Brian Hartline will be front and center there as the wide receivers coach. But could he be the only Ohio State coach? How many coaches will Michigan have? You know, we'll see. So that'll be another one.
0: It's like, all right, how does how does these staff stack up? And the Twitter mentions will of course be very measured and I'm sure contained when you do that, of course. Jesse, uh, this was absolutely great. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you kind of taking the heat a little bit from me, but then being able to explain. All good, it. man. So this was uh this was a lot of fun to do, and I'm sure Ohio State fans will enjoy hearing uh what goes into these rankings. It's a lot of work, uh, if you probably would say so yourself.
1: I will. I will. I appreciate you having me on, Spencer.
0: And if you want more of that, go check out Jesse on Twitter. Go check him out at on3.com, and you can come back to Letterman Row where we cover Ohio State all year long. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time at Letterman Row.